If ever someone could have said that he was special and the regular rules just didn't apply to him, Jesus would have been that guy. Jesus could walk on water, multiply food, bring the dead back to life, change the weather with the word. He was the Son of God, the very Word of God become human. It seems he could pretty well do whatever he wanted. And he had been declared beloved of God by a voice from the heavens. It seems Jesus could do pretty much whatever he darn well pleased. But he didn't do so. At least not in the selfish way we tend to use that phrase, do whatever you darn well please. What pleased Jesus was to do the will of God. Jesus could have broken any rule, any law. He could have done anything, and the tempter knew this. And yet, Jesus found himself to following the ancient wisdom of Scripture. Jesus was special, and yet he still knew that the ways of God applied to him. Lots of folks tend to think that they're special or elevated status. They tend to feel like the rules don't apply. Back in 2009, South Carolina Governor Mark Stanford had an extramarital affair, lied about it, and then said rather lamely that he had made a mistake. Pulitzer Prize-winning writer Leonard Pitts of the Miami Herald then wrote, It isn't the cheating I'm complaining about. No, what incites this diatribe is those four little words of putative explanation, I made a mistake. There is for them a connotation of honest error, unwitting miscalculation, accidental omission, and oops, my bad. They allow the offender to appear to accept responsibility for his offense, while at the same time minimizing it. He just misjudged. It just happened. He was just careless, inattentive, or forgetful. He couldn't help it. Well, if I put my hand into a fire because I've never seen fire before and I get burned, that is a mistake. If you see me get burned... Or if you see me get burned and then put your hand into the same fire, that's not a mistake. That's an idiotic calculation that somehow the rules do not apply to you. Now, I assume Governor Sanford had heard at some point the wisdom of Scripture that cheating on your wife is not the way to go. He chose not to follow that ancient wisdom of Scripture in favor of other continually reoccurring, rather selfish wisdom that basically says, if it feels good, then do it. That's the wisdom that Adam and Eve followed in eating the fruit that God had commanded them not to eat. The fruit was a delight to the eyes, and so they ate it. Notice that Adam and Eve were not faithful to God, and as a result, they were expelled from the garden. They had punishment. Now, Jesus, on the other hand, was faithful to God. And he came out of the wilderness strengthened and blessed, served by angels. And from then on, everything was peaches and cream for Jesus, and nothing bad ever happened to him. Right. Yeah. No, that's not true. Here's the thing. We're not going to escape the wilderness, whether we're faithful to God or not. We're not going to escape times of trial or suffering. Hard times will come. Temptation will come. What we do with and how we respond to those hard times and those trials is what is going to bring blessing or curse. When we're in the wilderness and the tempter is offering us solutions, our challenge is that the immediate solutions offered at the time may certainly look like they're going to work. We can become blinded to anything other than, get me out of the wilderness. With the Mark Sanford example, I would assume that he was having problems in his marriage. 
He was in the wilderness, and he was probably blinded by anything other than, get me out of here. And the immediate solution offered by the tempter was, new woman. It seems to get him out of the wilderness, forgetting that he wasn't special, and that his solution wouldn't work without terrible consequences. Governor Sanford listened to the tempter and took that solution. And then he went against the words of Psalm 32 that we heard as well with this, oh, I made a mistake. Rather than saying, I made a bad decision, I deeply messed up. Because God still offers forgiveness when we make bad decisions, right? When we're in the wilderness, we need to open our eyes. We need to take time to pray and to think. Does the immediate solution being offered follow in accord with the ancient wisdom of God given through Scripture? Will we be causing others harm by how we're choosing to get out of the wilderness? The wisdom of Jesus would say, if you have to harm others in order to exit the wilderness, then you probably need to wait on God for a different solution. Now, we know and understand this ancient wisdom. Many around us do not. And many of us, during our times in the wilderness, tend to forget. It's hard to think clearly while we're in the wilderness. Part of our calling is to offer the ancient wisdom of God to those who don't know it or have forgotten it or just can't see it because they're stuck in the wilderness. Some time ago, I was talking to a mother of a young, unmarried woman, not in Bay City. And, um, this, the young woman was uh, pregnant, and she realized she couldn't take care of the baby, and the, she was going to give the baby up for adoption. And her mom felt that this was the best solution as well, and still she was understandably upset, she was torn up and distraught over her daughter's pregnancy, and feeling that there were no good solutions. Basically, she said... Everything is bad right now. She was at that time right in the middle of the wilderness. And no solution seemed like a good one. I asked her, are any of the solutions redeemable? Could God bring redemption into this situation over time? That's what she needed to hear. That reminder of God's redemption. God's redemption was what she couldn't see at the time, stuck in the wilderness. Jesus, following the ancient wisdom of Scripture, had faith to see his situation in the wilderness as redeemable. Jesus trusted in God to bring him out of the wilderness. Jesus was special and could have turned the rocks into bread to eat, but humans can't do that. So Jesus didn't either. Jesus was special and God would certainly not have let him die if he had jumped off the temple. Jesus could have turned the ground into a pool of water, I figure, if he wanted to. But humans can't do that, so Jesus didn't. And finally, Jesus certainly wasn't going to bow down and worship Satan, part of creation, rather than worship the Creator. During his time in the wilderness, knowing he was special, Jesus acted as though he wasn't. During his time in the wilderness, not knowing when he would be able to leave or what exactly would happen, Jesus trusted in God to redeem him, which gave him strength to trust in God to redeem him on the cross as well. During our times in the wilderness, the tempter will come to us too. 
telling us we are special, that the rules don't apply, that this time, the stupid and harmful things which countless others have tried before and failed will work. Of course, deep down we know they won't, but the tempter will be mighty convincing. So before we get to the wilderness, we study and live the ancient wisdom of God given in Scripture. We study and live the way of Jesus. And when you're in the wilderness, call on others to be in the wilderness with you, to give you support, to have a voice, to counter the voice of the tempter, and to help to remind you that God can redeem the seemingly unredeemable wilderness in which you find yourself. Follow the ancient wisdom of God given in Scripture. Believe in God and follow in His ways, especially in the times of the wilderness. Amen.